0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. This is happening, this is real, hopefully everything's happening it's all go, because I've just sent an email out to people to say that I'm live. So, um, lastminute.com, but I think actually it's worth out about oh, I think my timing's pretty good. Live on Facebook, live on the Graham, um, live on the tube. Let's not forget the tube. So, uh, even all, hope you're all well. And uh, if you have any questions, as you know, you can just ask away. But if you haven't, then that's fine. You can just um, sit back, relax, and we will um, see what other people have got to say because we've got some preordained um, questions here. Alrighty, look. Oh, Sam's in the house asking you about you, Sam. Hope you're doing well. Your new business venture is working out. Uh, thank you for today. I came to see you, um, uh, Chloe, but you're gone. So, uh, yeah. Don't say eek, don't say or eek, right, just let's, yeah, come on. Um, I was really pleased, Chloe, I think you will be pleased, but um, yeah, I hope you're well, I hope you're relaxing at home, and uh, you should be putting your feet up really, but um, here we are, and we got ourselves some questions, which are just here. So my first question involves to. Is my tattoo suitable for excision? So um, I will show this tattoo. Oh, no, wrong button. So this um, this won't obviously work well on the podcast, but anyway. Um, so, if you're listening to this on audio, there's a tattoo on what we call the ulnar border of the of the hand, which is the sort of little finger side of the hand, um, over the, um, the 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 bit of skin that, that doesn't have hair on it, and uh, it's known as the thin remnants. And uh, whilst this tattoo has got some good features to it that would make it um, conducive to having it removed by excision, mainly the the, um, shape of it in that it's sort of oblong shape (coughs) because it's Roman numerals. So the worst shape for a tattoo excision is a circle. So a circular thing would be hard to remove, but this is kind of long and thin. So the most important dimension is the narrowest dimension it doesn't matter about the longest dimension or at least the longest dimension just means it'll be a longer scar but the narrowest dimensions is is the important dimension because that's the bit we have to kind of stitch together so um uh so that's quite good that it's kind of oblong shape and that's a favorable shape for for a tattoo to be excised two problems with it. The first problem is there's not a great deal of spare skin on the hand, uh, particularly because the hand has to move and things, although that bit of skin doesn't move that much. So um, I don't think it'll come out of one go. I think it will require two sessions to remove it. This patient, I believe, is from overseas, I think. I think america but is coming over to europe and says it's okay you can come to the clinic and stuff because they're coming to europe but um so I, I think it's important that i get this message to you before you come all the way to the clinic so um what i would say is that uh, the the, the uh, i think i don't think that will come out in one session i think it'll take two sessions if you imagine getting this piece of skin to this piece of skin i don't think it's going to go and the other problem which is a a significant problem is it's not a great place for a scar. The ulnar border of the hand is not a great place for a scar. It's quite an important place to, um, when you're writing, when you're, um, hi Jackie, when you're, when you're, when you're, you know, doing anything, that's quite a, you know, th- there's padding there on the hand for a reason. If you just bang your hand down on the ground or you're tapping on something or, you know, that bit of the, of the hand has got padding on it for a reason um and if you take quite a significant portion of that skin away by excising it and then leave a scar there it can be quite a sensitive and not a great place for a scar so whilst technically it would be possible to remove this tattoo in two sessions i don't think it would uh and 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 or you know shape-wise it's it's Favourable for excision. I would say this is probably excision is probably not a great option for it Now the problem is it looks like they've had laser (coughs) and the laser Maybe has kind of um, Faded it, but it hasn't got rid of it. So I'm not sure what the other options are I always say laser is the kind of first choice for a tattoo uh, removal but It's a tricky one that I can't hand on heart say that tattoo excision would be a great option for this. So if you have tried laser, if I'm saying excision's not a great option, that kind of, I don't really think leaves you with any other options apart from accepting the tattoo. If you really can't accept it for whatever reason, if there's some reason that uh, that has to go, it could be removed by excision. But I think that would cause potentially more harm than good, to be honest with you, Um, because of the discomfort of having a a scar on that area. It would have to be closed quite tight and it might uh, distort that sort of quite nice um, bump, that nice sort of padding we've all got on our hands in that area. Um, It would, you know, you'd be removing all that and bringing that palmer skin up. And I just don't think it's a great i don't think is a great one especially if you're coming from overseas um i wouldn't want you to come all the way from overseas for me to tell you this um because that would be bad and that would be potentially a wasted journey for you so it's good to have that this conversation prior to um to seeing you but thanks for letting me show you photo i think it's always helpful when we can show photos on these things uh adds an extra dimension, obviously not to the podcast, but uh how do I the po- oh god that's ending the line video. Um okay, now I gotta get the photo off. Okay, that's moved me in the photo. <laughs> okay dukes. Um just gonna remove have I right oh god, i am just sorry I reversed the camera okay I just uh, from problems on uh aha stop sharing there you go got rid of it okay so we've got a question on Instagram do you do any do you do anything for a surgical scar I had a nose job with lip lift but there's a scar I tried laser yeah um, do do stuff for surgical scars for sure um the what the question is always if someone says I'm I'm not happy with my scar uh and they want something done about it, the question is always what's the problem with your scar? And we kind of really are looking for an answer to that rather than well, I've got a scar and I don't like it. Because if you've got a scar and I don't like it, for a surgeon can't really remove that scar for you. They can only change the scar. So there kind of has to be an aspect of the scar that you don't like in order for us to see if there's something we can do about it. So if it's just the fact that there's a scar there, difficult. Um, If it's dented in, lumpy, in a bad line, it probably won't be in a bad line, so I'm guessing it's sort of at the the sort of junction between your nose and your lip, Um, so. That doesn't, but it, that's more for traumatic scars on the face if they're in a bad line. So if it's dented or lumpy or or red, I mean, laser can help with red ones. Um, there are things to do. Um, certainly if redness is a problem, massage and moisturise is the main thing. Lumpy scars, silicone, steroid injections can be considered um, and then dented in or, or, uh, or uh, scars in funny, in bad, unfavourable lines could consider surgical, ex- uh, revision but i'll tell you now lots of people say they want re, you know removal really scar removal but um uh, but not many people actually get it done because there's we limited as to what we can do so there are things we can do to try and improve scars we can't get rid of scars we can try and improve it if you had a lip lift and a and a nose job i'm expecting uh, i'm thinking a plastic surgeon did it so you've got a scar which is given to you by a plastic surgeon so <coughs> even less um, options for improving and the first thing I would say is you've got to wait about a year really to give it a chance to settle because it might settle but um, yeah uh, so time is probably the most important thing moisturiser and massage and then looking if you've got one of those specific issues that might be able to help with but uh, we're quite limited to what we can do surgically to a scar without giving you another scar. Adu, on the, the book, on the Facebook, no, on the tube, on the YouTube, I've low perma on my thigh. How much will it cost me and how do I book appointment? Straight to the point, Adu. Straight to the point, my friend. Um, right, Adu, couple of issues here, we've got to unpick here, and I know people say you get evasive when they ask about price. It does depend on the location, on the size. So. Thigh, that's an open book there, Adu, could be a little thing, could be a massive great thing. If it's a little thing like that, it's going to be, um, I think the starting price is $798, I think. It's about, about $800. Um, includes histology, includes all the aftercare dressings, et cetera. If it's bigger, it might be more. So what we normally say, rather than saying prices, because I don't want to get in trouble by saying, oh, it's this price, and then you come into the clinic and we say it's a different price, is we ask you to send us a photo. So you can WhatsApp us a photo. Um, If you go to the website, I'm pretty sure I've check this now. I'm pretty sure if you go to the tattoo page on the website, tattoo removal, there is a link to what's to contact us on WhatsApp. So I think you should be able to get a um, uh, a link there, or you, or you don't have to be on WhatsApp actually, email, you can just email us, uh, info at uk. Anyway, if you can send us a photo, number one, I understand often lipomas are difficult to get on photos, so I get that. Um, unless it's kind of right underneath the skin, The problem with lipomas is they can be deep they can be at any level and it's hard to tell how deep they are clinically so we often would ask for some kind of scan um ultrasound is probably the most common um so depending on the size and the um, location although we know the location is thigh we would often ask for a, a scan and the thigh is one of those ones where i'd be more inclined to ask for a scan unless it's really obvious um and quite small but if it's not really obvious and or not quite small and a scan would be advisable, which you might be able to get. Um, your GP might be able to help you with just to see what it was. If they couldn't, we can of that privately. quad, uh, how much is a scan? I think it's a few hundred pounds for a scan. I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to say two or three hundred, but I don't. Well, I should know this, really, shouldn't I? But I think that's what it is. We can we can tell you that sort of stuff though. If you get in touch, I do. If you give us an email, drop us an email, or or what have you, and um, yeah, we can we can certainly give you an idea of what. Would the cost would be involving, but it's more helpful to see the size, really. Um, I hope that's not too evasive. I think I've been criticized before for being evasive when people ask for the cost of stuff. I'm trying not to be evasive. I just say, you know, we don't want to drag, you, we we're not trying to entice people in and then, yeah, we're going to do hard sell on you. You know, we want to be open and transparent about our prices before you come to clinic. So that's why we say, look, send us a photo. We'll have a look. If you've got a scan, give us a scan or at least a scan report and we'll give you you know an idea of how much it will cost before you come to clinic, because we certainly don't want to waste anyone's time by coming to clinic if it's going to be too expensive. Um, do we have any female surgeons at our clinic? Uh, short answer, no. Um, no, we do not. Um, no, there are female plastic surgeons, but we just don't have any at the clinic. Uh, they were all male, male dominated area. Um, not sure what one I can say what can I add to that no we haven't <laughs> but uh, we do have chaperones and there are always there's always uh, a female in the room for a if uh, for a male surgeon uh, and a, a female patient there's always a, chaper- a female chaperone it's um, quite important to us and to you as well but no we haven't got any surgeons who are female um, all along how much for a tummy tuck and do you use drains oh, salma i don't know how much for tummy tuck is anyone on who's had a tummy tuck who knows how much it is uh is it about eight seven eight thousand pounds i don't really know i don't know selma um but if you actually i'll tell you what Salma. if you go to the website and you go to the tummy tuck page and you click something like request a price it sends an email with the price on it um and it depends on whether you have liposuction. If you have liposuction, it's more. So, I, 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 it's between five and ten thousand pounds. I'm not sure exactly. So, sorry, Salma, I don't know exactly the price. But again, we, we're not trying to be evasive here. Just click the request of price, and I'll send you a thing with a price. And do you use drains? Yes, Salma, I do use drains for tummy tucks. Uh, one of the, you know, I don't use right. drains for that many operations, but tummy tuck is certainly one of the ones that I do routinely use drains. And I've done a blog post, Salma, about drains. And about why I use drains. Uh, I believe that they reduce the risk of seroma, um, aroma. And uh, so I do still use them for tummy tucks, but I am quilting. So I'm thinking about mm, whether I you know, don't need to, so I might move away from them. Um, many people are moving away from drains, but uh, tummy tucks are still one of those ones that I do use and they're suction drains. And I feel that they sort of suck down those two, that sort of space quite well. <clears throat> But, you're, but no one really likes drains I um, pretty much always take them out the next day so they come out the next day before you go home so you stay in overnight then we have a look at the drains you know get them and out and, and take the drain out the next day and then you go home do you know what prices your mold removal starts at <coughs> very price heavy episode today um, yes I well I say I do I think uh, I think Lorna it's seven nine eight I, I think it's something like that. It's, let's call let's let's and we're all an adults so here. Yeah, let's call it about eight hundred. I think it's about eight hundred pounds for a small mole. It depends on size and location. That's why I'm always. Uh, I did a video called Cost of Mole Removal and got those comments saying you're not saying the cost, you're not saying the cost. But it, you know, you can have a big um, mole. You know you can get big moles and you can get them in difficult areas and you can get them in easy areas so like on the nose for instance there's not much spare skin so a sort of what might be considered a small mole on the nose might actually be considered by us to be quite big similarly on the tummy um, a mole that, that the same size would be considered small if that makes sense the same size mole on the tummy would be smaller than on the nose would be considered bigger simply because the difficulty of the areas Thank you. Is that dependent on size? So yes, it is dependent on size and area. Um, <clears throat> so you know that's again why we say to people, send us a photo, we will give you a price. So um, but that's the starting price, and it's a one price. Uh, I was say one price fits all. One price. Um, <coughs> one price in terms of follow up and 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 aftercare and all that sort of stuff. That's all included in the price um so you don't have to pay anything more than that that is the price um consultations and everything led by surgeons looking after you coming back if you've got any problems all that sort of stuff you don't have to pay at all Selma's going to have it 100 that's good that's good looking forward to that selma can you talk about bii uh, i had gummy bear implants 450 submuscular and the results are horrible um, okay, well, BII um, beyond text. So you say the results are horrible. Ah, uh, okay, I'm struggling a lot with autoimmune symptoms now. Yeah, so BII is more of a thing about. Oh, Corinne, nearly, nearly deleted you or something there. Sorry, uh, Press the wrong button. Good to see you. Um, BII is a uh, is not really a cosmetic thing. So BII is a breast implant illness, and uh, it is. Um, it is more of a thing that is symptoms that seem, uh, that, are, that are deemed to be to be due to your breast implants rather than a cosmetically unfavorable result. So I don't know what you mean by results are horrible. I'm unhappy, I had tubeless small breasts before, I'm looking to remove them now, yeah. So if you're unhappy with the look of them, that's one thing, BII is sort of um, not related to the look of them, that's people who have often kind of, um, autoimmune symptoms, brain fog, hair loss, skin rashes, joint pains, um, and they believe the implants are causing them, which, um, and then when you remove the implants, they get better. The problem with breast implant illness is that there's no medical cause to say that implants cause those problems, number one. Uh, However, there's a large number of women who have those kind of symptoms and then they remove the implants and they feel better straight away. So it seems to be something there. And the number two thing, there's no real kind of test that you can do to say whether you've got breast implant illness or not um, preoperatively. So it's always a bit of a worry when someone s- says, I've got these symptoms and I believe they're my implants and I want them removed because you can't guarantee the symptoms will get better by removing the implants. You have to say, look, there's no evidence to say that these implants, uh, the, the, your symptoms will get better. But there are women out there who have similar impl- symptoms to you who Uh, believe it's due to their implants and when you remove the implants they feel better and often that's more of a problem in people who are happy with the cosmetic results so you often get people who are very happy with the cosmetic results but feel they've got breast implant illness so that's actually more of an issue because you're actually having a negative cosmetic outcome from the operation in the hope that you'll get a positive outcome in terms of their uh, breast implant illness symptoms but you can't guarantee that you can guarantee the negative cosmetic outcome but you can't guarantee that they'll feel better. Uh, often they do, um, so so it is a diff- it's a really difficult area. Uh, what are you saying? And now it looks odd, but I also have. El- so if it looks odd, you might have a, you know another reason to remove your implants because they look odd, and also you feel that they're making you feel unwell. Do you perform explants? Yes, I do. I need the capsules removed as well. I've done the research. I need my health back. Yes, absolutely right. Beyond text, a lot of women who, and again, this is something we have to kind of do in. Um, conjunction with you as a patient as to you know the cap what you do with the capsules because in um, uh, uh, again for medical reasons there's no evidence to say that the implant's causing these problems and there's no kind of medical indication to remove the capsule because if you remove the capsule which is the scar tissue that forms around the implant it does increase your risk of complications it does make the comp it does make the operation a little bit more complicated because you have to actually cut that capsule out whereas if you remove the implant that's quite an easy operation Um, but actually removing the capsule as well adds a level of complexity to the surgery as a level of risk and uh, in terms of bleeding and scarring and what have you. So, it is something that is something to be discussed. Um, but you're absolutely right. A lot of patients out there with breast implant illness do feel that the capsule needs to be removed because that is sort of part and parcel of the implant. And that's absolutely fine. Um, if you want the capsule removed, it can be removed, no problem. But you have to be aware of it. The other thing is, I think, did you say here? Let's just scroll back. Did you say you had them under the muscle. Always a bit of a worry. Uh, submuscular, yeah. Always difficult when you've got them under the muscle, getting that capsule off the posterior wall. Um, I suppose that's more of a technical thing. We really. have to get into that. But um, when you have the muscle under the muscle, the back wall of the implant is straight onto the, the rib cage. Yeah, punctured lungs. <laughs> yep, yeah, you got it. Beyond text, you've done the reading. I've inquired for that. I'll call the office number tomorrow as well. Call me. Call me beyond text. Call me. Oh one two one four five four three six eight zero. We should have a number like um, like in in Australia and New Zealand stuff. You know, oh eight hundred. Plastic surgeon or something. You know, but that's more for the old phones with the numbers on them. You know, the letters on them. I will to work. I have, I have, on it. Had them. For a year. Oh, I only had them for a year, but since then I've been suffering. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that beyond text, but um for sure. Yeah. Cool, call me. Yeah. Only had it for a year. Yeah, well, I, as I say, um I have got to be honest, I haven't done many, but the ones that I have done in terms of removing these implants, uh, the patients have have actually felt well straight away. Um, but it's always a worry that you're gonna do one and they're not gonna feel well and you remove their implants and you think, oh no. But um, it has been quite dramatic how well people do uh, respond to it. Um, so it does it does seem to be a thing, but it's very hard because, as I said, there's no test for it. Uh, one day post op, very grateful for your help, Jonathan. One day post op, one day, so far so good. Uh, excellent, yeah, good, good to see you here. Um, so, what about drainage? I also feel like, oh, well, that's good, that's good. Um, nice to nice to hear. Um, Oh, you had a safe journey home last night, a bit quite late, wasn't it? Last night, um, what about drainage? Yes, so for a capsulectomy, for a total capsulectomy, I do tend to put a drain in beyond text. Yes, tubes, etc. Describe the ex protest. <laughs> well, the x bar protest is you, um. Uh, make a cut in the skin. I usually make an inframemory incision. Often you already have an inframemory incision, depends on how they put the implants in first time around. But if they put it in through an inframemory incision in your fold, I use the same incision that you got. Cut that incision out, take the implant out. That's the explant, done, easy, job done. When you're doing a capsulectomy, little bit more difficult because that's the scar tissue around the implant. One of the problems with doing capsulectomies on people for breast implant illness is that the capsules are often very thin. If you've only had them in for a year, those capsules are probably gonna be thin. And it's actually quite hard to do a capsulectomy because that implant is thin. Often, usually I would say, you're doing a capsulectomy for someone because they've got what's called capsular contracture, which is that scar tissue. So the capsule is basically scar tissue that forms around the implant. Is that scar tissue contracting around the implant making it feel hard and it progressively gets harder and harder and harder until it gets really uncomfortable and they want to have a capsulectomy in those situations that capsulectomy is actually a lot easier because they've got a really hard capsule that you've got something to sort of fight against something to to work against when you're doing a capsulectomy but um in terms of patients with breast implant illness often they just got a really gossamer thin capsule which is like really wispy and it's actually quite hard to uh, to to remove um but you know uh, will my body dissolve the scar yeah i mean the body is it won't dissolve it but it will just sit there i'll get surgery again but never implants again yeah i um, this uh, scar so you don't actually need a capsulectomy uh the capsule can just stay there the capsule has got um uh, is just body is scar tissue but patients with breast implant illness feel that there is um there are bad things in the, in the implants which will have got into the capsule so they kind of feel the capsule is is kind of part of it, so it's very common for people to want to have the capsule removed when they're having a, a explant surgery. But if you didn't have the capsule removed, it would just be scar tissue that would just sit there and not cause any harm, and, and it wouldn't, you know, so you don't need to have that capsule removed. So that, again, that's probably a discussion, really, for the clinic as to which way you go with that, whether you have it removed or not. But, um, you know, it's, it's there's, there's pros and cons, no doubt about it. There's risks with removing it, but then I guess there's risks of, um, uh, of leaving it. Uh, nothing for it, my body knows. And does a capsule form after a year and a half? Yes, it does. The capsule forms pretty much straight, straight away, I would say. Um, yeah, no, it will have a capsule. There will The body walls it off in scar tissue pretty much straight away. So for sure, there'll be a capsule, but it'd be very, very thin capsule beyond text. There won't be much, there, it won't have much substance to it. But uh, yeah, but the body will have kind of walled it off in scar tissue. So it will be in a capsule at a at a year and a half. Do you do fat transfer for my breasts? Yes, I do. Beyond text, I do do fat transfer for your breasts. The um, but again needs a discussion because it's quite subtle. The results of fat transfer in my hands, but personally, I don't really think we got it there in terms of getting big volumes. So it's quite subtle, quite small volumes, quite expensive for what it is compared to implants. Now, I'm not saying you should have implants because you've been harmed by your uh, implants by the sounds of it but um but yeah uh, it is quite subtle so again needs a discussion whether you but but it's but i do do fat transfer um to breasts but i don't do it very often i used to do it all the time when when i did breast reconstruction in the nhs but now i'm doing cosmetic work i i was about to say i never do it which i think wouldn't be far wrong hardly i can't even remember i've done done some fat grafting to other areas of the body for for, for issues. Um, but the breast, year, many, many years since I've done fat grafting to the breast, although I do like doing it. Can both surgeries be done together or explant heal then other surgeries? No, you could have an explant and an immediate fat graft. Just got to make sure you put the fat into the well, you don't actually put it into the breast, you put it around the breast, but you kind of don't want to put it in the in the space where the ca- implant was, but it'd be for, it would be possible to do an explant and <coughs> fat graft at the same time. Yes, they can be done together. Or as I say, it's quite expensive. It's quite subtle, the results. So there is something to be said for doing explant and see what you think, because obviously you're concerned that the volume might be too small because the volume will be like what you were pre-op, um, but but yeah, you could have an explant and uh, caps uh, and a uh, fat graft at the same time. Yes, you could. Uh, thank you for asking my questions. You're very welcome. So what I'm here for Beyond Techs. Um Lorna, you seem a lovely surgeon. A bit more saving, and I'll be definitely coming to see you for my mom. Before. Oh, well, there you go. We've got ourselves got a cut. Of it. I knew I knew this would pay off doing this. Got a customer there. Yeah, You're, or saving Lorna good that's kind of you to say thank you um what else have we got here we got do you offer do do you offer chin augmentations or fillers uh that's a no and a no um so we just gained a, a patient from Lorna and we just lost one for the chin augmentation patient no i don't do uh, facial uh, aesthetic surgery i do mole cysts from the skin you know removal but i don't do kind of Uh, facial facial aesthetics in terms of rhinoplasties, chin augmentation and facelifts. I don't do those sorts of things. Um, And I also don't do Botox and fillers. I don't do non-surgical treatments. Um, So no, I don't offer chin augmentation or fillers, I'm afraid. Um, I pretty much stay with breast and body and skin lesions. In the clinic, it's it's mainly skin lesions, which is um, moles, cysts, bumps, bumps, lipomas. other bits and bobs, like split ear lobes, inverted nipples, what have you. But uh, <clears throat> no, I leave that to people who do that. So some people do that a lot and I don't do that a lot. So they, they do that a lot. Uh, I was wondering if you have any surgeons that could look at my left arm after I had birth control removed from my arm. I've experienced some nerve damage. First thing I'll say, it's unusual to get nerve damage from birth control moving your arm because it's usually quite superficial. They put that implant in, but unusual things happen. So let's not be, uh, let's not jump to conclusions. Um, if you were, uh, if if you were thinking that you have some potential nerve damage in your uh, arm, that would, that would be a hand surgeon I would have thought would be most likely to, to need to see, which is a, there are plastic surgery, or to put it surgery, surgeons both are hand surgeons. So it is it is a subspecialty of hands of plastic surgery. Hand surgery is it's not my subspecialty interest. My subspecialty interest is breast. So you'd be better off seeing someone whose subspecialty interest is hands. So if you're from Birmingham, I don't know if you're on. This is a question that's been asked before. So I don't know if you're here. If you're here, um, then let me know where you are in the in the in the world or in the country. If you're around here, hand surgeons, uh, Darren Chester down at Droitwich, David Azardi in uh, Coventry, um, there'll be loads, but those are two that I just thought of there. So those are two people who are uh, hand surgeons who, um, but yeah, probably be a hand surgeon. But I, as I would say, it's very unusual um, to, to, to damage a nerve from, from a, a birth control, <clears throat> but yeah it wouldn't be I wouldn't be the man to see if I was to have a breast reduction and then go on to lose more weight would it affect the results of surgery yes for sure it would so this is one of the important things I always say to people you've got to be stable and comfortable with your weight before having this sort of surgery by this sort of surgery I mean kind of any body contouring surgery breast reductions breast lifts tummy tucks arm lifts thigh lifts doesn't really matter what any sort of body contouring you need to be stable and comfortable. If possible, I know we all live in the w- real world and weight fluctuates, but if you know your weight is gonna fluctuate, if you know that you are not happy with your weight, don't have surgery now. Because if you think, oh, you know, I wanna have surgery now because it suits me, um, and then you lose weight after surgery, it's unpredictable, that's the problem. I can't say what will happen to your breasts, it's unpredictable, but stuff might happen to your breasts. And by stuff, I mean they might get smaller, which you might say, "Well, that's okay. I don't mind them being smaller because i you know, want them as small as possible." But they might droop more. That's that might not be okay. So part of a breast reduction is a breast lift. We tighten that skin envelope to make the skin as tight as possible. And um, and if, if you then lose weight, that the, the the fatty tissue from the breast will go, but the um, but the skin won't, so it might make them droop and sag more. So that will kind of you know, work against the lift aspect of the breast reduction. So you're going to get a better result um, if you can lose weight first. Also, depending on what your weight is, but generally speaking, higher weights are associated with higher complications. So the lower weight your weight is, the less your risk of complications. So if you can get your weight down, it will be a good thing all round before having surgery, ideally you know so yeah it's always that always the best best to lose weight first what are your incisions for the thigh lift and can this be incorporated at mons sorry can this incorporate a mons pubic reduction so there's two incisions for thigh lift one is in the kind of in, in the in the groin area on, on kind of on, on either side i guess of the of the mons area the mons area is where your pubic hair is um i don't tend to do that personally i i don't i i say i don't tend to do that i should just come out and say i don't do that because because i don't um <clears throat> i've done it it's subtle results risk of bad healing risk of complications and i can't make it work i mean people obviously can because it's out there and it's a technique that's being used in the world so people obviously can make it work it's just i can't So if I'm gonna do a thigh lift at all, and it's uh, not a common operation, uh, it's only really for people with a lot of spare skin. Um, And if you've got a lot of spare skin, the best way to do a thigh lift is kind of taking the skin out in a side-to-side way rather than the incision that's up in the groin, which is sort of pulling the skin up. It's never an up-down excess in the thigh, it's always a side-to-side. So that pulling up doesn't give a great result. The best result is by taking the skin from From the, the, the sort of making the circumference circumference of the scar of the thigh less by putting a long incision in the medial aspect of the thigh. So the incision goes from sort of up by your groin straight down to just above your knee. So it is quite a long incision in the medial aspect. We try and hide it by putting it in the medial aspect of the thigh, but it is quite an obvious incision certainly compared to the incision that's up in the up in the groin area so um, there's no question it's a it's a more obvious incision and if you're wearing short skirts or short trousers you will be able to see that incision so you might say look forget it I don't know way on earth because you're saying I want a thigh lift because I can't wear short skirts or short trousers but then I give you a scar that you still won't be able to wear those short trousers so you might say look there's no way I'm having that which is absolutely fine but in my hands that's the the only way that i will do a thigh lift because those are the best results i feel i can get i cannot get good results by putting the scar uh higher up on the on the thigh area so i don't tend to on the groin area i don't tend to do that um that uh, kind of um incision up in the groin area but as i say it is being done out there in the world so you will be able to find someone i'm sure who will do that um it's just not this guy so, um, good. So, I'm glad um, to have some interaction with Beyond text and Lorna Brook. Thank you for that. And Adu on the uh, YouTube. So, uh, I won't be back next week because I'm on holiday. I'm going mountain biking, I think, to bike Park Wales next Tuesday. So, anyone else there, uh, say hello to me and uh, hope that I survive it. But, um but yeah, but 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 the week on Wednesday I will be a uh, t- Tuesday. It's Tuesday today, isn't it? Week on Tuesday I will be back in the saddle, as it were. Well, I'll be in the saddle next week, but I'll be back in the saddle this kind of saddle a week on Tuesday and uh, seven p.m. Don't miss it because it might. You never know. It might be as enthralling as informative as this one has been. It might. I can't guarantee it. It might not. But you know. Um, so yes. So if you've um, got nothing better to do, 7 p.m. week on Tuesday and every Tuesday thereafter, I will see you then. So if you don't mind, I'm going to stop the stream and go and put my feet up. because I have two big days of surgery on my back. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Right. Hasta la vista. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at stianoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag Ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.